I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. So today I'm doing something fun that I haven't done before. This is the first time I have a returning guest. If you've been listening from the beginning, uh, you'll remember way, way back on episode seven, back in February, uh, Ellie Richter joined me. And she came on the show to join me and talk about her journey and growing up in journey. I'm sorry, growing up in Germany and studying physical therapy and moving to the US and finding her way to healing people through her amazing coaching practice, which is where she came into my life. Um, and I, I, I talked about her in my first chapter of Afterlife. Uh, she does amazing coaching work that is so, so powerful and effective. Uh, in chapter one, I talked about lessons she, she taught me that helped me at the beginning of my journey. That was the whole you know, that led me to where I am today. And then I, um, I didn't write about this, but I circled back to her as I was finishing the book because I was starting to struggle with this, um, inner critic stuff and, you know, uh, imposter syndrome stuff that was keeping me from finishing my book. And she, from the time I started till that point had begun doing what's called subconscious integrative coaching. And so I, I, worked on that with her and that really helped me break through some barriers. And then, and then after we did our work about two months later, I was done writing. And, uh, so if you, if you haven't, so if you, if you listen to episode seven and you've gotten to this one and you still haven't checked out her site, go to ellierichter.com and check out her stuff and reach out to her. If there's anything you're, you're working on, or you want to just kind of break through barriers and, and, and say yes to something that you're trying to do in your life. Um, but so circling back to Ellie, so since we finished our episode uh, earlier this year, she began a new phase of her journey where she put her stuff in storage and hopped in the car and has been having adventures around the country. So I'm just going to open it up with that and then we'll dive in with Ellie and see where she's at and what she's doing and what she's learned. And so she can share that with you for whatever it is you're trying to do. So with all that, let's meet Ellie. Ellie. <laughs> That's such a dope introduction. What's up? Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It's going well. Um, I love, you know, listening to your recap. It's so nice and it's so true. And I'm so proud of you. And, you know, watching you and we watch each other and we've talked a lot on the phone um, yeah. on my long drives. So I really appreciate you having me back on here and having the opportunity to talk about so far what I learned and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've been, uh, we've kind of found a fun, uh, uh, mutual cheerleader relationship as we do our, do our things and go through life. And that's super, super fun. And I appreciate you. Big um, question before we get started, how much swearing do you tolerate on your podcast? <laughs> it, as much as as much as needed and so if there's okay. any swearing i just click a little a little button that says uh ex explicit language or something like that so i so anybody that uh, might be offended uh is warned and so okay we can go as hbo as you need to go sweet i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> so uh um so i just knowing a little bit about going back all the way to your beginning of your journey that we talked about last time and what you've been going through recently. I was just thinking about that and you know how much I love quotes and like to geek out on stuff. So I, I found a, a, a go-to quote that I want to, I want to start with. Uh, and it's, he said in his, in his book called the Italian journey, he said, uh, nothing can be compared to a new life that the discovery of another country provides for a thoughtful person. Although I am still the same I believe I have changed to the bones. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 
And so from January to now, you weren't in a new country, but you know, as different as the different as different as uh, different parts of our country are, may as well be. So, let's talk about let's talk about what you did and packing your life up and hitting the road and and what what you maybe what you were anticipating and and how that was what you've learned or what was different and fun and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I so appreciate you asking. You know, oddly enough, very few people ask me. So, how's it been? So, in preparation to today. I had to really think about this. The quote definitely hits me in the core because it's true. I'm not the same person anymore. Um, and, and I'm kind of honestly not defining anything at this moment, but just kind of flying through the air with no parachute. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, I, I purposefully put myself into life experiments that test me to the edges of my abilities. And this is one of them. And for the most part, it's been extremely thrilling, you know, so just to back up a little bit on how I'm doing this. So I've had this idea a couple of years ago uh, in 2015 that I wanted to work from anywhere and just see my clients remotely. Um, At the time, my dad got sick and died. And so I didn't end up doing that. I ended up in Germany and journeying there a little bit. And then as I came back, and I think I said that in the first time we talked about this, I wasn't feeling grounded enough and steady enough in myself to do this because, I mean, Mm -hmm. it takes balls. Yeah. Balls, courage, all the things. So, (laughs) (laughs) and then I got into another relationship and, um, which was wonderful and I was steady, but the dream and the desire to do this lifestyle never left. So come 2020, um, it gifted me the opportunity to really consciously see that what I'm trying to do is really possible. So I had the evidence. And then starting in February this year, I decided to put everything in storage to release my gorgeous apartment in Charleston. And originally I planned to meet up with a friend, which ended up not happening. So uh, I hit the road and the, the, the structure of which I'm doing this is I plan ahead maybe like a month or two. And in the beginning, I did Airbnbs. So the first kind of stretch was uh, just across country, hitting up a couple of friends, Airbnb with a friend. And then my first big stop was in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale. And I was waiting for a girlfriend of mine to meet up with me there. And then we were going to explore the West Coast, California. You know, that girlfriend never came. (laughs) I was already like, you know, I was already in Phoenix a couple of weeks. And that was the first sort of stop that was pretty intense. You know, um, I mean, you know, you plan something with a person and Mm -hmm. and then eventually it didn't end up happening. So that was pretty stressful. Um, And the first kind of test of, am I I doing this? Yeah, I'm doing this. So I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. So, and then it started to, you know, as you let go, the, the day that she told me that she's not coming, that same evening, I met a beautiful new friend and we instantly clicked and started to collaborate and started to do things. We taught a retreat in Sedona and out of the sudden, the trip started to become that magical thing that I wanted it to become. And, you know, you never know how that's going to happen. So, the entire, basically, the entire journey is like all these spiritual teachings that, you know, I talk to with my clients about, or I generally believe putting them all to the test, you know, just stepping into the unknown, uh, not knowing who the fuck or what the fuck you're doing, like not totally trusting. And so it's, it started to shape up pretty magically. I met up with another friend of mine in Oregon. So I spent some time in Arizona, some time in Sedona, some time in Oregon. And I've been now in Colorado for the last month. And next week I'm heading to New Mexico for a little while to be with Bruce Lipton and the founder of Psyche, which to me, um, Rob Williams, which to me is sort of a pinnacle of my career to hang out with the dudes that I really want to hang out with, of yeah. you know, pioneering certain thought processes. And after that, I'll be hanging out in California for a while. And then I don't know. So it's been kind of, you know, um, at first it was Airbnb and out of the sudden then it was invitations and you know that led, leads into a life that's out of the sudden so full that it's fuller than it was when I was in one spot so um, it's been a magical synchronistic little journey so far and I can't even yet put into words how it's changed me other than I definitely am not the same person I was last week or last month or six months ago 
Yeah, I totally, I totally believe that. And let's let's so let's talk a little bit about because you had you had this. It's interesting. You had this idea two years before you started, which is same thing. You know, I with you know it took me two or three years bef- between thinking about doing a podcast to doing it, and and for several years thinking about doing a book before I do it, and then and I, that's the lesson I'm trying to teach is sometimes 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 it is timing, but once we do say yes and just launch into something, it's amazing how much how much happens. But, it, but and we've got these fears that hold us back, and so sometimes it's a sometimes it's a fear, or sometimes it's a relationship. You're like you're like, well, I was in a relationship and that couldn't work, or then my then something came up with your 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 father, and that was a legitimate thing. You had to go take care of some things, um, but then sometimes it's other things. It's like, well, um, what about my dog, or what about who would take care of my plants, or what would my friends think, or what you know, all or or you know, you know, you mentioned once um. And I've heard several people, several of my female friends have, have said, well, I'd love to do something like that, but I'm, I'm legitimately worried about traveling as a woman, you know? And so, and how did you maybe get past some of those fears or, or deal, deal with that, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know, being in the business of uh, looking at a fear as a belief and then changing it, a lot of times I apply Psyche, which is, stands for mind keys, and it's a method that actually helps you to change your beliefs. So most of the time, I look these beliefs straight in the eye and examine them for truth, and then change them. And that's basically, mo- unless I'm not aware that I'm looking at a fear. That's the interesting thing with beliefs, right? Because we believe them, they feel so real, and then I don't question even that belief. But most of the time, I'd say. I catch myself when I'm in the in the belief system that scares me. And I'm like, wow, I am scaring myself into thinking that XYZ will happen. And um, then I typically change my beliefs using the processes and or once I do that, I also think about, well, what would I do? You know, so for example, there's a perfect example. Um, I was on the phone with my mom who lives in Germany. And I was ta- talking to her about driving across country and how sometimes it's really scary it's like you know all you see is just road and mountains and i don't know if anybody's ever driven you know from the east coast to the west coast but there are some stretches that you know it's so vast that it makes you feel so small i mean it's it's really moving you know there are several times that i just cried my face off and just being moved but also being like holy shit i'm a tiny hand in this big old universe so i was talking to my mom and i was telling her that sometimes when i drive across country i worry about running out of gas you know and she was telling me something well, what would you do and i was and i actually walked myself while i was on the phone with my mom through what i would do if i were to run out of gas and i went to worst case scenario if i had no cell reception no you know what i would do a uh, couple months later, the exact thing happened, right? And I mean, the story is so funny. If you don't mind, I'd like to tell sure. it because it's like 43 years of never running out of gas and then it happened twice for four hours. That's, that's probably like the least German thing you could have done. It was the least German thing I could have done. It was also, it was also really, it, um, it needed to happen. You know, it's one of those things where... Um, you sometimes I need my fears to happen so that I know that I'm okay. You know, speaking of being a single woman going, doing these things. So I'd been staying at this awesome house in Oregon with a girlfriend of mine, actually, that also was living nomadic at the time. And we rented this epic place and it was like a Wednesday morning. And I had, um, I had a really long drive to Denver. Maybe was it 21 hours, just something ridiculously long. So I started really early in the morning and my girlfriend decided she's going to leave like an hour after me, an hour and a half after me. I was antsy to get going. Um, And I'll leave Bend, Oregon. And five minutes into my drive, I see a Starbucks and a gas station. I'm thinking, I do want coffee and gas, but I still have more than a quarter in the tank. And I just got started. I'm not going to stop just yet. I'm going to reward myself in like an hour. The next gas station, I'm going to get some coffee, whatever. Wrong. 
you know, <laughs> hour and a half later, I'm thinking, Still I'm no starting to think, you know, it's, I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, you know, there's no gas station and I have no cell reception and I'm in the middle of Oregon. And then I'm thinking, think positive, Ellie, think positive, you know, and I'm starting to like use affirmations. And then my higher self came in and literally was like laughing, saying, dude, you fucking run on gas. It's happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I like, you know, I always wanted to know what it actually feels like when your car loses, you know, when you run yeah. out of gas. So it's like going limp underneath you, like your car goes limp. Yeah. And I just skirted over to the left on like a little like gravel thingy on the side. And I was like, fuck, 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 you know, fucking fuck. <laughs> and no cell reception. It's like six in the morning somewhere in Oregon. Car, there's no car coming by for like really long stretches at a time. So I get out of the car thinking, okay, I'm either going to start walking somewhere I find the reception or I hear a truck coming in the distance. So without thinking of any consequences, you know, like single woman waving down a truck, not right. sure if that's like horror movie, like material, <laughs> but I'm standing there like, <laughs> so the truck like drives by me. And at first I thought it's not stopping, but you know, big old truck takes a little while to like stop. So it, it stopped. I run to the truck, to the side, passenger side, climb up the passenger side <laughs> right. to the open window. Also, are, they're huge. You know, you know, you've never climbed up a, uh, a 18 wheeler. <laughs> always wanted to though, you know? And when I told this story to my girlfriend afterwards, she was like, holy shit. That was like horror movie material. You know, so I climb up cigarette smoke, like welcomes me. The dude is annoyed. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I ran out of gas and I have no cell reception. I mean, I feel like 13 years old, stupid, you know, like the blonde chick on the side that can't get gas on time, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. I ran out of gas and I have no reception. He's like, what do you want me to do? I don't have any reception. There's no gas in any direction for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, and, <laughs> what do you and, want me to do? <laughs> and he's yeah so he was not really help and then i was like you know pro troubleshooting and i was like oh you know what maybe i can call 911 you can still call 911 even if you have no cell reception so i call 911 uh and tell the story and the truck driver helps me to figure out where in the world i am by like <laughs> some like marker yeah. And that was very helpful. And he was he was actually very helpful, even though he's grumpy. He was probably on a schedule. Sure. Um, and so the the person on that 911 said, you know, call me back in 15 minutes. I'm gonna see if I can get somebody out there to help you. So I I'd say bye to the truck driver, I sit back in my car, do a little psyche, because by this time my nervous system was tweaking. I mean, I was basically in fight, fight, freeze. And Psyche helps really when you're like in the middle of a traumatic experience to calm down your nervous system. So I did that. I waited those 15 minutes, call back the dispatcher. And they said, somebody can be here in like an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay. And they are also like, it's going to cost some money. I'm like, doesn't matter. <laughs> so I sit down and I'm thinking, okay, I have an hour and a half, no cell reception, can't work, can't call anyone. What am I going to do? So, you know, I just kind of surrendered, set my timer for an hour and a half and said, okay, you can freak out in an hour and a half, but for now, just stay calm. I don't even know what I did. I probably ate food that I had with me, you know, took a nap. I'm not sure. Um, finally, an hour and a half later, some truck comes, some dude also super dirty, like, you know, <laughs> comes with like a big old canister of gas. And I'm like, so how often does this happen? And he's like two to three times a week, which really made me feel better. Right, you know, right. I felt pretty stupid. So he loaded that thing up. It was like $250. And I was never so happy to pay somebody. <laughs> and then by the time I, I wanted to, to, to see where I'm going, you know, I realized my navigation system is not working because I don't have cell reception. So I'm like, fuck it. Bye. I'll figure it out. But, and I said to, to the universe, I just totally surrender. And the moment I said, I totally surrender, car comes by, screeching in front of me, turns around, and it's my girlfriend rolling down oh, our window being like, dude, what's up? And I'm like, oh, my God, I've never been happier to see you. This is so great. And I was like, check this out. So I told her what happened. She's like, let's go get a coffee somewhere and celebrate, you know. And so I follow her 
And uh, because she has, she still has cell reception for some odd reason. So I follow her. We get to some area like an hour later where there's tons of gas stations and I still have a semi-full tank, maybe half a tank. Once we get there, lots of coffee places, lots of gas station. And I think to myself, well, I have more than a quarter tank. I'm just going to get gas next time. So, you know, we drive through the mountains. I follow her. She clearly has better cell reception. Eventually, I'm like, holy shit, I am running out of gas again. Again. <laughs> and I cannot call her to, like, stop her. And she's, like, zipping. And she's, like, 10 years younger than me. So she's, like, zipping. I don't know why I just... I just, I guess she just drives much faster than I do because yeah. she's younger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she lies through the mountains in Colorado and I'm like, girl, how am I going to get your attention? So I literally am now screaming in my car, like light flashing. Eventually she pulls over and I'm, dude, I'm running out of gas again. She's like, I cannot believe this. So we had just passed one of those like side roads, side road cafes that are creepy, you know, like again, horror movie material. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and she suggested that we go there and ask, and what a great idea, because apparently it happens so much that, you know, they were like, yeah, no problem. We have gas $30 for like a canister, <laughs> <We're> like <laughs> right. just a tiny bit of gas, $30. I was like, whatever, you know, it was less but than two fifty. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was the most expensive gas I've ever bought, but so worth it. So that was my you know, long story short, like all your fears happening as a single lady, but the universe like completely showed up for me. It all worked out. And I guess that was a really long answer how I deal with the fears. Most of the time I change them before they even like can manifest. And if they do happen, you know, it always works out. So Mm -hmm. uh, you always land on your feet like a cat uh, eventually, you know? Yeah. Having, having those tools are so powerful and so helpful in those in those moments where everything seems terrible just to keep yourself from going into a full panic attack or just you know you could have sat there for 90 minutes just your your adrenaline flowing and gnawing at yourself and made yourself sick you know i i think i told you the story that when my boys and i went to italy for the first time i had you know it was my first time there and I, and I traveled to Europe before, but I knew I was always German speaking country. So I, I had never had a problem with language. So, you know, I'm going to Italy and I knew no Italian. So I had to learn Italian and I'm going to all these places I knew nothing about. So I read, read all these books and everything I could about where we were going. So I'd have some understanding. And then I, I spent months preparing for this. And then we went to check in at the airport and I got my boarding pass and my younger son's boarding pass. And then Alex's wouldn't, wouldn't, it kept giving me an error. And this guy came over and he's like, oh, let me help you. And, and then he, he tried a couple of times and then he looked at my boarding pass and he said, oh, do you have another passport for your son? Like my brain was just like, it felt like static electricity was zapping in my head. I'm like, no, no, I don't have an, another one. He goes, well, this one appears to have expired last month. And with everything going on to prepare for that, and I was this was you know right after the divorce and right after all these things, my brain I knew I knew in my brain that his passport was only good for five years because of his age, but in my brain there was no way five years had passed. (laughs) So like that was the closest I ever came to passing out, where I just like the blood rushed out of my head and I grabbed this machine. I took a breath and then he led me over to this, um, his lady that was, uh, working the system. And she like book, pushed our flights out and told us to go to the consulate. And we got in the car and went to the consulate and, you know, long story short, uh, like eight hours later, we had new passport form. And so we, our, our trip got booked, pushed forward by about 20, 24 hours. We missed one day, but that whole time I kept, you know, having to like calm myself and meditate and like envision like this is going to happen. We're going to be in Venice. And, 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 and I kept like pulling myself away from like looking at my problem, like, you know, like, and, and, and and so I wasn't using psyche, but I was like trying to like, you know, objectively look at like, okay, you're feeling, you're feeling stress, but you're not the stress. You're the thing that's aware of the stress that I, I kept trying to sit in that and that helped me stay calm 
because <laughs> it was just like okay the, like you're like you and what's the next thing we have to do and the next thing and the next thing and then it worked and so <laughs> you know that's those those things happen when we travel or when we do something new and you and you have to be ready for it and and be prepared so uh it's cool that you had those tools to help you yeah i was feeling really grateful and generally speaking um Everything is heightened, you know, because I'm I, no day is the same. There's no routine that can kick in here in Denver or in, in Boulder, where I am right now. This is maybe the first time a little routine has been kicking in because I'm here for this is now my week four and I'm leaving on Wednesday. But for the most part, you know, scientifically speaking, when you're in a new place, when your brain takes in new information, your subconscious programming is muted for that time. It's like falling in love. It's the same kind of um, thing that happens when you fall in love or when you're traveling, your programming is temporarily muted. That is a good thing in the sense that you're not necessarily like primed to react in the same way mm-hmm. or you're, you're really much more open and curious. But when it comes to then stressful events, it, it can be feeling really, really, really intense, you know? And so yeah. it happens some intense moments and I'm really grateful for the tools um, yeah, because, you know, you can't, it's a home and a house and like your friends and your routine that builds like a story of safety and stability that I've always questioned where your safety and stability really comes from. And I'm practicing having my safety and my stability in my body, you know, in, within my energy field. And sometimes in those moments, it was really, um, it was really clear that that is true. It was really clear that if I'm able to stay there, stay with me, stay in my body, that I'm okay, you know? So that was a pretty cool experience. And I, I, I drove away from that thinking, uh, la- laughing, loving myself a little more, um, loving these like wrecking ball aspects of myself a little more because I go into things completely unprepared. Most of the time, it's just a gut instinct I don't do research. You know, a lot of people before they travel, they do a ton of research. <laughs> yep. I just, I just don't. I go by gut instinct, and sometimes those kinds of experiences happen for me to help me, uh, you know, trust a little harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I walked away from that feeling more confident. You know, I could have definitely walked away from that beating myself up or shaming myself for being a little stupid there. But overall, I had an emotional morning that day and I wasn't maybe with it like I normally am and it totally worked out. So I don't know. You know, now I feel a little lighter moving into whatever adventures I'm moving into. And also it helped me up until Oregon, I had a little bit of a stick up my butt. Like I wanted to control where I'll be and with whom. Like there was sort of that last bit of control that I wanted where I'm like, the girlfriend that I was traveling with, I'm like, come on, I need to know, are you going to join me for Colorado? I get, I kept giving out deadlines, you know, and I'm like, come on, like, come on. And I was gripping. And yeah. that whole experience just was, just taught me, dude, relax. It's all going to work out. Stop gripping, you know, just trust. And ever yeah. since it's been, it's been a little different. It's been a little more magical, you know? I bet. And that, and it'll be fun to see how that shapes your, you know, as you, as you keep moving forward. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about too, is how, how your relationship with your things has changed as you, what you, you like your, your physical, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, your, your, your physical possessions that you, you had a, a apartment full of things yeah. that you collected yeah. over, you know, however many years and you had to massively reduce that. And that's one of the things I want to focus on. And some of the next writing I'm doing is how our, our things complicate our lives and and end up consuming our lives so that we can't, that we don't really have time to focus on things that maybe we want to do or things that would be good for us or whatever it might be. So you've had to massively shrink. What are your possessions that you have? How, how, maybe how is your, how is your thinking changed on terms of like what you feel like you need to have or, or like if you ended up in a house or apartment again in three years, do you think any of that would carry forward? To be honest with you, my lack of attachment to stuff started when I immigrated to America. You know, I came here with a suitcase of just clothes. I didn't even bring pictures or anything. Um, 
I, and then it changed. It's interesting, you know, how that changes depending on what chapter you're in in your life. Um, I remember when I was married, arguing with my ex-husband about stupid, like decorative pillows and like really wanting a decor, you know, wanting certain decorative pillows and he didn't want to buy them. And I wanted to buy them and like arguments about stuff or couch (laughs) or stuff, you know, um, when I left my marriage in 2013, I left with a car full of things that actually mattered to me. And I remember it was books, journals, clothes, and maybe some few knickknacks, you know, but maybe art books, clothes. And that was the first experience in 2013 where I had that sense of liberation again that I had when I was 23, when I came here just Mm -hmm. with a suitcase, I feel best when I'm not tied down with stuff that I need to clean or look after. And so I had that feeling still in the feeling bank. You know, I have like a feeling bank of memories where I try to capture certain feelings that I really like. So I had that still going and I built a beautiful life for myself uh, post-divorce, really loving my relationship with myself. I built gorgeous apartment. It was a really amazing nest that I had. And I put the things that I cared about in storage and took what I wanted with me. And I can't even tell you what's in storage, no do I care. There might be like a legal document or two that I need for my life. But other than that, I, I don't think I'm going to come back for it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. So now in my car, I have still way too much stuff. And this is what's so funny about, you know, the duality and that, you know, at the same time as I'm super unattached to stuff, my car is full of stuff and it's mostly clothes. And then I'm like, okay, I'm a girl. I do like clothes and I like you know, having clothes for every occasion or weather. So I still have a ton of clothes, but I've been thinking about by the time I get to New Mexico, I'm probably going to go through the clothes that I have and give most of them away. And, you know, I don't, nobody needs anything. So you, you don't, I don't need anything except for my laptop and some clothes. Uh I'm really happy. Phone, laptop, clothes. Okay, maybe jewelry and maybe some crystals. <laughs> right. I have a big old like I have a gigantic bag of crystals actually that I'm hauling around. Um, <laughs> but other than that, you don't need anything, and you right. don't miss it. And this is amazing. Like, I actually, have a good friend of mine, my ex lover, who's my best friend, who's also doing nomadic living, and we talk about this all the time. And he has literally he owns two apartments to have room for all of his stuff. And we've been talking about this a lot, how we don't, nobody needs anything except maybe your toys. If you have a hobby like kite surfing, you want your kite surfing gear. I I maybe miss my instruments. I I wouldn't mind picking up my violin or my harmonium right now. But other than that, I don't miss anything. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about all your stuff, it'll be like a day or two before you don't care anymore, you know? Mm Yeah, I've I've known people who lost most of their things to a fire or something like that, and they talk yes. about how how liberating it felt afterwards when they're like, you know, I don't I don't miss most of it. I don't, but I could. But then it's like there's this thing of like it's you well you already have it. It's sometimes hard to force yourself to get rid of things. And I've I've been especially during COVID, I got rid of. I'm, you know, I'm dismantling my office. So I've gotten rid of, I, I think I'm down to like just a couple pieces of furniture that I'm going to donate to my condo association for a Airbnb thing we're looking at. And I'm going to just don't, I'm just giving everything else away. Like even some of the artwork that was on the wall, I look at it and I'm like, I liked it for those walls, but I don't want it on these walls and I don't need it. I was, it was, it's not like, it's not like, it doesn't have any value to, you know, he's not like yes. uh, originals that, that someone uh, should save or donate to a museum. It's, it's nothing like that. So, um, but it's so easy to get so attached to things. And like you said, like, when you put them in storage and then you start thinking, well, I, cause I start looking at that. I'm like, if this, <laughs> I start asking myself that I'm like, if somebody stole this, would I care if it just disappeared? <laughs> and then I'm like, I, I don't care if, the, if I, I have, I have this book you bought and sometimes you buy a book. You like, I, I'm, I should read this. This is a classic. And then I don't, 
but then I don't, I, I can't get myself to get rid of it. And then finally I'll, I'll start asking myself that I'm like, if it went if it was, <laughs> was on, if it was burned up somehow, would I buy it again? I'm like, no. So let's keep get, get rid of it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I think so that that, everything we buy or everything we have is like to invoke a certain feeling. Right. And once you realize other things can invoke that feeling, I don't know. I personally really like practicing letting go and non-attachment. I'm really good with stuff. I suck with relationships. That's so. <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> I, if if somebody could give me the secret to how to how to have the same amazing ability to let go in relationship that I have in stuff, I think I I I would I would shoot off the charts and joy. Um, yeah, I think practicing letting go is something we all have to practice as humans as humans, you know, and I think with stuff, it's a good start because it's, it's an easy beginning there. And then hopefully that ability to let go and be non-attached eventually translates into the stuff where it actually matters, which is, mm -hmm. you know, human connections mm -hmm. to be non-attached and to be able to let go. Because that's really one thing about traveling a lot of hellos and goodbyes, you know, yeah. a lot of like quick, intimate connections. Hello, goodbye. And that's something I'm learning to get better at right now because I find it, I find it tragic a little bit. You know, if I care about somebody, whether that's a friend or anything romantic, and then the journey continues, you know? And so it's like for me practicing non-attachment in that a sense, I find that difficult. However, knowing how good I am with letting go of stuff, you know, I'm practicing being that good with everything else and just kind of being present, being grateful, and trying to maintain that no matter what I do or where I go or what's happening. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, as you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes you have to identify something in order to, to, to be aware of it in order to work on it. So you, you know that, and, and, and that's what you're, that's what you're uh, moving toward. Um, one time a friend was a friend or it was like a boss that became a friend. He said something like, well, just offhandedly one day goes, you know, it's funny, like how sometimes people just kind of come into your life and they're there for a while and then they go away and then they come back. He, he likened it to like these sh like ships, you know, like you, sometimes you like, you end up sailing next to someone for a while and then you, you drift apart and then you run into them at the airport in another city or another country. And it's just the weirdest thing. And then they might be part of your life for a while again. And that, that, that's always kind of stuck with me about how certain people will come in and out of our lives and in the right time. And, and that's okay. And that's, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, um, it's sometimes it's kind of beautiful how like, and, and when there's a connection, there's, when there's a connection with someone that even if it's just, you know, a friend, friend years can go by and then you like see each other and it's like, it's like no time has passed at all. And that's always a fun, that's always a fun thing. Yeah. I've had a lot of those, this, you know, it's one thing that I'm noticing and I've always loved living like this is how the whole world is like my neighborhood now. So no matter where I go, I either know a client or I have a friend and then I meet up with them. And it's like the most normal thing that I meet a person in a completely different place in the world, but you know, no matter if we've been apart for years or whatever. So it's been, that's been really cool. So especially here in Colorado, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, and I've known people wherever I went, I at least knew one person, either a client or a friend. And so then you would meet up and it's the most normal thing, even though if, if some clients I've never actually met in person or most of them because I work virtually. So then sitting across from them live is so neat, you know, and so normal too. It does seems like the most normal thing in the world. I can't imagine putting like, signing a lease or buying a house or doing anything like that at this moment because it's just way exciting living like this i mean and, and you know i think for most people right now listening to this they might be like oh my gosh you know amazing 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 and and i was just talking to a friend yesterday it also has a really difficult side and i want to tell both sides because i think it's really important you know when people think about van life and nomadic living to also talk about how lonely it can get, you know, how scary lonely it can get. And I'm typically a person, I don't believe that we can ever be lonely given that we're always connected and always one. So the term loneliness kind of clashes with my core belief system that everything is one. Mm -hmm. However, 
you know, when, when I forget who I am, I can easily get into spaces where it feels pretty difficult, you know, and I don't drink alcohol. So, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, in those moments I would go into a bar, but instead I just sit with it. You know, I sit with it and uh, sometimes it can get pretty intense, you know? And so then I think about people like, um, like uh, what's the famous chef that killed himself? Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. You know, I think about that and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I can see how that happens because very few people ask me, how are you? Well, how is your journey? Because, you know, I share a little bit on, on Instagram. That's the only social media platform I'm in. And, and it's my professional platform. So it's not like the Ellie show, you know, so I don't necessarily always indulge what's going on. So, and as it so goes with social media, people make assumptions, my friends make assumptions. And so instead of asking, how are you? Or how's your journey going? I would sometimes get a message like, yo, dude, seems like you're killing it. Fuck yeah, I love you. And then I don't want to be like, yo, actually, you know, so I had to learn to reach out and I had to learn to, to have, to build a network of people to really make sure that anytime there's like a moment that I have good people around me that trust me, that don't rescue me, don't pity me, don't make it about them and don't like give me some like stupid, you know, how spiritual bypassing or, you know, yeah, you know, just really people who have the bandwidth to hold space. And thankfully I have them, you know, and thankfully I have a good toolbox but I just want to say this for anybody thinking about this. There will be times, you know, where you'll sit somewhere in the middle of the world and it'll be the loneliest fucking place. And you'll question everything about you, you know, and that feeling in your belly where you feel like the pits open and it doesn't close the weight on your chest and like the pounding it, it can get really intense, you know, and I'm not saying this to invoke pity or sympathy, but it happens, you know, mm -hmm. and in those moments, I can totally have seen if, if I didn't have a support system, if I didn't have tools, I don't know what I would have done, you know, and I'm sure there'll be more situations like that, because I'm also, you know, in the typical fashion that I like to put myself into really intense situations, I'm also decided to date while I'm doing this. <laughs> Great idea, you know. So it, it sometimes can get real rough. So I just want to share that with anybody thinking, you know, and I think it's normal if, if you were to think about leaving your corporate job or if you were to think about living nomadically or any, any time that you leave something behind that feels familiar or that you're conditioned to believe is the norm or that you quote unquote should do, leaving that behind, you know, it's any time. Everything is new. Everything is new. And I don't use the word unknown because I think it comes with the it comes with the taste of fear. To me, everything is new comes with the taste of excitement. So literally every day is new and there'll be experiences that every day I've never had, you know, I'll, it's a new, everything is new. And sometimes that's fucking intense, you know, so be equipped, equip yourself with a really good support system. And my support system has actually changed, you know, over time who it is and really can, who, who can, who can hold, who can handle the phone call when I say, dude, I'm really struggling. You know, yeah. there's a few people that can really handle that. And the interesting thing is too, sometimes I make 10 phone calls and nobody answers, you know, so it's always back to me, always back to loving myself through whatever experiences I'm having and really sitting in the whole range of the human experience, like the entire range. And I want that. That's why I'm doing this. And sometimes it's like, holy shit. Yeah. So wow. just saying. No, thank you so much for sharing that because yeah, like there, there are so many versions of what you're doing on social media and people living on boats and people this, and like you said, all they post are the beautiful pictures and the sunsets and the great food and, and all those things are certainly happening, but there's also other crap that's happening. That's hard and difficult and scary or lonely. And it's so good that, you know, it's good that it's great that you shared that and I appreciate that. Thank you. And um, and, and, and for someone, because the reality is like, you can feel, you can feel lonely in, in a, in a, in a marriage, you can feel lonely in a relationship. You can feel isolated and all those things. Those are, they're different. It's different. It's, it's, it's a, 
you have to work through those things differently, but there is no, there is no absolute safe, there is no absolute safe or perfect situation. So whether you're looking at, whether I think, I guess you're looking at going away. Like when I was, when I was young, I kept thinking I was unhappy in my childhood. And I kept thinking I need to be somewhere. I need to be in California. If I just could move to California, everything would be great. And then I started studying German and I'm like, man, German, Germans, Germans, Germany is so cool. They, they, they're, they understand the environment and they're fighting acid rain. And I got over there and I'm like, if I could just live in Germany, everything would be great. And I lived over there for a whole summer. And I, I, you know, I, this, I worked in this bank and I did all the, had all these experiences. And after work, I'd get on my bike and I'd ride all through the black forest. And there was one day where I had been there long enough that it wasn't new anymore. And I was, I was by myself and I had, I only spoke German all day. The only English I heard sometimes all day long was in the evening I'd watch Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it was so dumb, but I would laugh so hard because it was like the only English I heard and the only American culture I was exposed to all day long. And, um, but there was one day I was, I went for this bike ride. I was up in the mountains and I was looking over and I just had this strange sense of loneliness, but also extreme connection. And I, I almost could like feel you know, you talked about driving across these big expanses and you get how you have a sense of how big the earth is. I could almost like feel like myself as like a little pinprick on this giant planet. And sent, and I had this sense of like, well, you know, wherever I am, like all the, all, all of my feelings and emotions are going to be with me. And I need, that was, I was seven. I was at that point I was 20 and I'm like, it was like a beginning of me, like, I need, I need to figure out Carlo because it's not about the place. It's about what's going on in, you know, in my head and my heart. And, uh, I didn't even, I probably couldn't even have articulated it that way, but sitting on that mountain in the black forest is where I kind of had that experience mm -hmm. and tra travel gives us that, uh, in a, in a fun way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many thousand times I have thought to myself on this journey, it doesn't matter where I am or who I'm with. It's my job to choose to be happy. And, you know, that's just something that, I, you know, for the last 20 years as a coach, I've always told people and I've always lived by that. There's nothing outside of you that can really fill those spots. However, I've learned that it's both and, you know, it's definitely a person or a thing comes into your life and can be a possession or yesterday I got a damn pedicure and it brought me happiness. You know, it was fleeting, but it brought me just enough of a perk that it led to another perk and another perk and another perk. And then it was easier for me to choose to be happy. So I think it's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hardcore sometimes testing out certain belief systems and I like testing out extremes. And so the extreme you know, I, I, I experimented with, okay, so I'm just going to make myself happy despite of my circumstances, you know? And I did that for many years post-divorce and I was successful. And then I tossed myself now into this experience. I'm like, you know, again, I'm living by the same theory. I'm in charge of my happiness and, but I'm also going to allow the world and my experiences to add to that. So I believe now that it's a both and kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, where, I think certainly people, experiences, circumstances, beauty, everything can bring so much happiness and so much joy. But ultimately, if I don't choose that, nothing, nothing can make me happy. I can be in the most incredible place with the most incredible people and be supremely miserable yep. and vice versa, you know, and that's been really interesting and humbling and keeps coming around often that universal truth that unless I choose to be happy or unless I choose to be at peace or unless I make a choice, um, I, I can master to be miserable anywhere with anyone, you know? Right. And so it's really, and this is, this is where this projecting thing comes in or this assumption thing that comes in with social media, you know, where people are like, oh, this person is on a boat or this person is on a mountain. They must be really happy because we're all still kind of culturally conditioned to think that happiness comes from, 
having certain experiences or having certain milestones checked off the list. Oh, that person must be happy because they're married or they have children or they have a business or they have this or that. And that's just not true. And thankfully, over the last 20 years of talking to thousands of people, I know it not to be true. You know, mm -hmm. I talk to people who are lonely and they have so much company around them. And then I'm sitting on a mountain by myself and I feel so connected. You know, it's so it's yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful experiment and exploration of the human condition that I'm in right now. And it's really messy. But also at the same time, I think my spirituality is expanding in a very grounded way. I used to be super woo woo, you know, a little bit ungrounded there. But now, like, in my spirituality, I feel really grounded um, in this experience because so much of it has, uh, so much of it just keeps holding true. So many spiritual principles keep holding true and are helping me, you know, when I forget who I am. Yeah, I love that. And that was one of the, that was the, I think that was the title of our last one, helping people remember who they are. And so you're doing that for yourself. Something like that, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 every day you know you wake up like who am i sometimes i wake up who am i and where am i and what day it is you know the only thing that keeps me like regular is my work you know i work monday through thursday like 10 12 hour days and uh and then on the weekends i explore the area where i'm at and uh, go to events and like try to meet people it's been really fun to live like that but for the most part my brain can barely, my conscious mind can barely keep up where I am with who I am, what's happening. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, um, before we wrap up, um, are there, and you, you've given it, you've given some advice to people already about, um, yeah, to be prepared to have it be lonely and be prepared to have it be difficult. And um, any other things that you've maybe learned that if like, if your best friend calls you up and said, Hey, I'm going to do this too. Like, like you like, you know, and of course, and I know you like, you, you said you didn't do a bunch of planning. You, you, you did minimal planning and then just launched into it. So, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the advice too, of like, don't get too attached to your outcomes and just, just let the process happen. But what, if, what other, what other thing might you say? And don't forget, this yeah that's a great question i'm on a list of things i really appreciate that i chose because they've been helpful for example i took my vitamix with me <laughs> such a little thing but it's makes such a difference to have really great food i i've always been someone i eat really well and i think that's huge you know i would suggest to people double and triple up on your quote-unquote self-care especially your nervous system self-care because traveling is for most people, they say at some point, I can't wait to get back home and have a routine. That's usually what I hear my, you know, I've met some people now that are doing this and most people say they burn themselves out um, by not taking care of their nervous system and eating whatever and not having like healthy practices. So I move my body every day Whenever I can, I do cold plunges. I have my Vitamix with me. I eat really well, plant-based. I still do my practices. You know, um, I think that's really, really huge just to understand the toll that it takes on your body mm -hmm. to travel and to constantly be on the go. So I'm super flexibly disciplined with that um, by just trusting myself to do it. But it's definitely a priority to take care of my nervous system Another thing that I can recommend that's odd, you know, I don't use Facebook, um, but if you do, I'm sure that's helpful. I use Eventbrite. So that's another platform where I find out events, cool events that I can go to in the area. And I've met so far some really cool people. It's also really fun if you're single to date. You know, there's an option on some dating apps where you can just meet friends, uh -huh. which is really fun. Um, what else would I recommend? Um, I, I only mentioned the like lonely part and other part just to not necessarily to prepare for the worst, but to come with a support system, you know, bring some rituals, bring some things that make you feel steady. Ooh, another thing that is surprisingly great is my grounding blanket. So I have like a weighted blanket and that came with me or I decided to take that with me. And that's super helpful you know, because it feels like a hug and like it, it just feels so safe and comfortable. 
Um, yeah, those would probably be the things. And depending on your personality, you might want to plan a little bit more than I do. I just kind of like go and see what happens. But it's been amazing also business-wise. If you are someone that's always wondered if 100% remote work is possible, none of my clients care where I am. As a matter of fact, they are always excited to, to follow my journey and, you know, and are always excited to hear stories. It works 100% really well. There have been some hiccups with Wi-Fi, but even that is no problem. Like, and as soon as you, the worst part was really like the decision and getting going. And once you're going, you're going. Yeah. And then everything will follow. So all those things that people say, you know, trust and then it like leap in the net. It's all, of course, true. And then there's some little things that will make your journey really fun and easy. Like your Vitamix and your yoga mat. Oh, yoga mat is with me. Those kinds of things are helpful, you know? Yeah. But other than that, I think I don't think there's really that much to it because once you're on the road, life is really easy. And I meet the I meet people who are way wilder and more courageous than I am that just live in their car, you know, and so live cool. on cryptocurrency. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a level of freedom that people are creating where mine is still relatively benign and like, you know, square. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say just do it whatever it is that you're dreaming about, if it's dreaming of switching your career or, you know, leaving your corporate job and writing a book or traveling across country or whatever it is, I don't see it as a big deal whatsoever. It's just whatever narrative we have around it that makes it a big deal. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, 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 those are all, those are those great advice. And especially now post COVID, so many people have had, have, were, were forced to work remotely and they could, you know, people that were scared to do it before, or I used to have, you know, with my, my planning business, there were some clients that were concerned if I wasn't in the office all the time. And I'm, and, and pre COVID, I was trying to convince them, like, I don't have to be, I don't need to be in the office. And then post COVID their 70, 80 year old clients are like, I saw my doctor by zoom and it was great. I didn't have to drive across town. It was so convenient. I, we, if we want, we can do more of this, you know? Yeah. So post post COVID has opened up that opportunity, uh, and possibility for a lot more people. Um, I'll, if, 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 if I may, I'll, the, the one thing I always travel with that is a comfort for me are my uh, noise canceling headphones because whether it's on the plane or in crowds, it will, it cancels that. Sometimes I get, uh, I, as an empath, I pick up on all that noise and energy. And I, even if, even if consciously I'm not hearing it, it's there. And when I can kind of put myself it feels like I can put myself in a library in the middle of a crowded space and listen to some quiet music or a, a soothing audio book that, that takes my, my, uh, anxiety, like psh, it just drops me down. I can I have a long layover in a, in a, in a, in an airport or somewhere I can close my eyes and just listen to something very calming. And it's, it's incredible. Like I would go buy a pair if I forgot them. Like it's that important. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're that important to me. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, yeah. see, those are the little things, you know, that, you know, bring you safety and stability. Ultimately, any time, whether it's a transition out of a relationship or into a new career or living nomadically, uh, we need rituals to keep us grounded or something that reminds you and keeps you safe and grounded. And then you'll learn that it takes very little. And that's what's so cool. You know, and then out of the sudden, you feel like your wings starting to, you know, go big and you're like, I'm unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> and it opens up new things that you couldn't see before you started. So it sure does. Um, well, I can't wait to, uh, you know, maybe uh, three months, six months, nine months, we'll check in again and see where the heck you are. And maybe uh, I know one day we're going to do an episode from somewhere Germany. in Europe. Yes. Germany. I'm actually going. I'm going in September. If all goes well with the current situation, I haven't seen my family in two years. Wow. So I'm going to fly from LA to Munich, hopefully, if all goes well. So um, yeah, we definitely have a lot to catch up on in another couple of months. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can't yeah. wait. And thanks as always, uh, for, for sharing all your stories with me. I'll post again in the show notes about, you know, ellierichter.com. And so hopefully people reach out to you because your tools and your practice and your coaching is, is powerful and it works. And, um, whatever somebody might be struggling with or, or trying to break past or sitting on, I think you have, I know you have tools to help them to help them break through that. So give it a shot and, uh, and uh, reach out to Ellie. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Here. Thank you, friend. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for my second episode with Ellie Richter to catch up with her while she's on the road living her life uh, com- uh, almost completely unplugged. So, so many fun lessons there. I just want to recap on a couple of them. Uh, one, and this is a reminder for me too, just the importance of going for it and how if we wait until we're ready, everything's not always, always going to be right. And so sometimes we just got to like, we just got to go for it. Even in like an Ellie situation, she, she, you know, she did, she had her situation come up with her dad and then, and then, and then in a relationship. And then when all those things were passed and she had a plan and it was going to be with another person and then that didn't work out. And I'm, ha- I'm so happy for her that she stuck with it anyway, because her expectations as, as it always is when we, when we set out for something didn't match up with what was real and she didn't let that stop her. And that's so awesome and epic. And I'm super, super proud of her for that. The other thing is, is how just again, a reminder to me of how empowering and freeing our life is when we are less encumbered by things physical things and then all the things that those require and all the expenses that go along with them. So, you know, I, I talked a lot about that in afterlife and how I just, I I simplified my life, but I still have, I went from a house to a condo and then the condo is full of stuff. And I, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how to pare down and simplify my life because every time I have, it has opened up space for me to do the things I want to do. And it has freed up time and has freed up money. And I, that's, that's the really mind blowing thing is, is I, as I focus on simplicity, it is, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing without, I feel like I have more, more time, more money, more freedom. And I know I would have been in the situation when my kids are little and like, well, that all sounds great, you know, but you know, for, but if someone's, you know, not married and doesn't have kids, uh, well, they, they can do that, but I can't. And I was in that same boat. But if you just look around, there's lots and lots of examples of people that are doing it. Even people, we think about COVID, we all had to work remotely. So all of a sudden, not all of us, many of us had to, got to, however you look at it. But all of a sudden that, that, that freed us from having to be in a physical space. So then you know, I've, I talked to pe- a lot of people that, that picked up and worked from somewhere else. You know, a friend of mine went and worked in Hawaii for a while. Another friend just went and worked in different parts of the country because he could. So that's a thing. So, and then, um, oh, um, the other thing is, you know, if you've got kids, there are lots and lots of people that homeschool their kids. And so, Again, where there's a will, there's a way. If that's something you're interested in and curious about, if your work is remote and your kids don't have to be anywhere, then all of a sudden you're totally free. And um, I knew I met someone on one of my Italian uh, language trips who was, um, you know, she and her husband sold their stuff, bought a boat, and then sailed from Europe across the Atlantic and up and down the the uh, North and South American coast and then back and around and around Europe. And they homeschooled their kids during that whole time period. So they got rid of all the things and expenses and, 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 and complications of homes and cars and put a smaller amount, I guess, of money into a boat. And then they didn't, they just, 
they it just they were free and they lived their lives and i know the some from the stories i heard that that had a major impact on their kids and their kids worldview and worldview of or view that kids had as far as what was possible in life and how they can live and what is normal and all that kind of thing and i give some of those examples on a smaller scale uh in afterlife of some of the things i did in the, in the way that impacted my kids then and it's it's still it still is in terms of um what they're seeing as possible um, just by me changing some of um, what's considered normal for our household and our lives. So that's, I just wanted to capture those couple things for um, just as a wrap up from a, from a coaching standpoint, again, Ellie's uh, subconscious, subconscious integrative coaching is really, really powerful. It's amazing how much of our, how much of our life is kind of on autopilot with this software that's running in the background. And, and I've read about versions of this for a year from like neuro-linguistic program to, you know, Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and different, different authors talk about this where, you know, she's an actual practitioner that helps you with that and looking at your, you know, maybe your limiting beliefs and, and reprogramming it so that, um, so that it can kind of break you past some things that might be holding you back. And again, I, I touched on that a little bit in the beginning, but I, I had some of these, you know, self, some self doubt and this imposter syndrome and all these voices that, you know, really came from my old life and my childhood and my upbringing and, and the people in my life that you hear, you hear certain things long enough and your, your brain just continues that, that narrative. Um, even though you don't, maybe you don't have those people in your life saying certain things. So Ellie helped me break past some of that, that gave me, um, really the, it removed the barriers that were there that were keeping me from finishing my book and launching this project. So um, highly recommend checking out her resources, follow her on Instagram, go to her webpage, ellierichter.com and see what she has to offer and maybe break through some of your own barriers so that you can do what is meaningful to you and inspiring to you in this time that we have here on this tiny little speck of dust floating through space and time. There you go. Thank you so much. Um, if you like this, if you're new, thank you for joining me. Uh, please like, follow. follow. Um, if you're a continued listener, if you don't mind, if, you, if, some, if I could get some more reviews, that would be really, 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 really awesome. So if you go to like apple.com, even if you don't listen there, I think you can go on there and, 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 and um, put a note. Um, same thing for the book, anywhere you, you can find the book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads all those places. If you like what I'm doing, please help spread the word. It really, really makes a difference. And I'm super, super grateful for you all. Thank you so much. Don't forget to say yes to your dreams, have some fun along the way, and enjoy your journey. Thank you.